This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Right now that time, 820, you're tuned in to WGNS. We have Oakland's Mansion Executive Director James Manning with us and also Master Gardener Connor Moss uh, talking a little bit about Oakland's Mansion and the land around it and everything. How are you all this morning? Doing good, Scott. Good. How are you? Good. Well, good. I'm good as well. <laughs> so Oakland's Mansion and uh, the, the spring right there, the Manny Spring right there next to it and all that, there's a lot of history of course, in that spring and at Oakland's Mansion as well. But it's just a fascinating place for those who have never been there before. Kind of describe all that sits right there at Oakland's Mansion, I guess, for us. Uh, that's a common question. People walk in the door and say, what is this place? <laughs> Where do you want to start? Whose house am I at? <laughs> uh, yeah, who built this? Um, so, well, the spring is what brought people there. That's what brought Native Americans there first and eventually the European settlers and um, was able to grow the plantation so large because of the resources that are there. So were there there were Indians on that property at, at some point? Native Americans were right there somewhere, I, I guess, in that exact area? We have a lot of archaeological evidence uh, oh, wow. that was found uh, in, two, in 2000 by the Army Corps of Engineers, um, arrowheads, and you could, you know, there was even a uh, prehistoric post hole that was found that would indicate that they were there in some semblance of permanent uh, living. That's wild. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you, you don't hear a lot about Native Americans in Murfreesboro. No, no, you don't. And I mean, Black Cat Cave is a good example mm-hmm. right outside the VA. Where hi- hieroglyphics, I think, were found or something on the walls of the cave mm-hmm. inside. They even found a uh, the remains of a Native American person in there, too. Man, oh. that, yeah. That's wild. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, those are cool things that mm-hmm. are really interesting pieces of history. Well, archaeologists say that a good place to live is always a good place to live. And uh, that's an example <laughs> of that spring, the water resource that was there. Hey, can you imagine how clean that spring must have been way back then mm-hmm. i mean yeah. you know compared to today we have all these different contaminants in the ground today but man back then that that's pretty neat mm-hmm. so is is some of that native american history is some of that part of when you go to oakland's mansion are, are you able to see some of the things that were found and generally we the artifacts that were found were you know they're very small artifacts yeah. So when we talk about the Native American population, um, it's generally in reference to the spring itself, um, because you see where that spring is, and I'm, I'm sure it's moved for thousands of years in that various location. Um, but I think just the idea that the Native Americans used that water, both Union and Confederate soldiers used that water, um, the Manny family used that water. I think just the visual of that spring down there is a good um, gives people an idea that. Water is always going to draw people to a location. Again, this morning on WGNS, talking about Oakland's mansion right here in Murfreesboro. Have there been any studies, like, I don't know, geographical studies or anything like that on the spring and uh, the water itself over the years? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? They've done some dye tracing, uh, which means they put, uh, like, basically food coloring in a source and see where it leads to. And the majority of the water that comes into Manny Spring originates by MTSU. 
Um, and so it goes underground in a cave. Even though MTSU is downhill from the spring, the cave, um, there's some magic that happens underground. <laughs> and the water comes up at the, at the spring there. And so there's several locations that feed that uh, Manny Spring that feed into Sinking Creek. That's pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, these are things that you don't typically just, you know, hear about mm -hmm. whenever you visit Oakland's Mansion. <laughs> you got to ask the questions, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, but that's really fascinating. And that makes me wonder, is there a decent sized cave somewhere under Oakland's Mansion or on that property? <laughs> with, we tunnels hope not. That, <laughs> with tunnels that lead in, to all the know. old houses. <laughs> uh <-huh>. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, you always hear about tunnels underground. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, yeah, but that's, that's pretty fascinating. Mm -hmm. So also at Oakland's Mansion, you have what used to be you know i guess looking back the property was a lot bigger years ago and, and it included tons of farmland how big was that property originally 274 acres originally is the land grant that um, sally murphy inherited from her father colonel murphy but they immediately started buying land around them so they owned probably over a thousand acres maybe close to 1500 in multiple tracks at, at one time and if somebody's trying to picture that kind of acreage if i'm not mistaken i think barfield park is around 450 to 500 acres wow i so, didn't know that that's impressive yeah that's so cool. so i guess it'd be about half of that that's a lot of land it uh -huh. was a lot of land yeah, yeah absolutely um, to sustain the plantation that grew as large as it did. And the Mannies were just looking to make money. And if they could make a profit by buying and selling something, then they did, did that. Mm -hmm. And back then, I guess it wasn't that unusual for people to own, you know, at least 20 acres at a time because farming was huge. I mean, agriculture is what kept most families alive. Mm -hmm. And you think about Oakland's was kind of like a self-sustaining plantation a lot of their money making come from their came from their other plantation in mississippi um and they sold a bunch of cotton and things of that nature down in, in mississippi i didn't know they had a place yeah okay mm -hmm. and then one in west tennessee as well so there was a lot of money flying around and by the time the war happens uh, the manny family is worth about 15 million dollars by today's standards that's incredible mm -hmm. What what all did the family do? I mean, was agriculture their main thing, or were there other lines of business the family had? Agriculture was a big one. Also, uh, a lot of the money that was made in Murfreesboro was the, in the slave trade industry. A lot of money was made uh, buying and selling the enslaved Africans here. And so this family that owned this property would be, what, the Manny family? Mm -hmm. So the family that owned that property years ago, uh, they had a lot of wealth because, I guess, of agriculture and the slave trade? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sally Manny, when she inherited the land that Oakland's was built on from her father, she also inherited 18 individuals uh, that were enslaved by Colonel Murphy. He died without a will, and the Tennessee state legislature divided his land holdings. And being a woman, she didn't receive her inheritance. Her father, her husband did. So her husband, James Manny, received the, uh, the money, the land, and the individuals. And they moved here and started uh, using those people to build their plantation uh, around about 1820. You know, it's so weird to hear, first of all, they inherited people. Mm -hmm. And then you hear that, well, the daughter herself couldn't inherit the stuff because she's a woman. And then mm -hmm. the husband is the one who gets it. And he mm -hmm. wasn't even, you know, part of the family other than by marriage. So it's really interesting to look back into history and to see how things were done and how people handled stuff. Um, but that's wild. So my question, I, I wonder, what if they got divorced? And would he have kept all the money? I don't think divorce was an option. <laughs> you stayed with it or you died. You know? <laughs> Especially, I, I guess, when they were millionaires uh -huh. at the time. And that was rare back then. Mm -hmm. So no. looking back at that family, they weren't originally from Murfreesboro. They moved here 
from where was it? West Tennessee they moved here from? Uh, oddly or? enough, Murfreesboro, Murfreesboro, North Carolina. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> so Obviously named for their family as well. Uh-huh. That is that is so interesting. So mm-hmm. this family, I mean, they weren't just here. I mean, they were in several different places. And I, I wonder... Where does their heritage come from? Was it from Europe? Is that where they originally came from, the Manny family? The French Huguenots. French Huguenots, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so they made their way to North Carolina, then Mm -hmm. eventually here. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you know any history about that family, you know, further past them? Have you done studies on that? We have quite a genealogy of the Murphy family, the Manny family, and you can see some of that on our website if you want to go to oaklandsmansion.org and then click on history. Uh, you can go to our history timeline, uh, and we are building the family tree there and adding to it all the time. So the Murphy family, they, I mean, that Murfreesboro, North Carolina was named, I guess, in their honor mm-hmm. some way, and then also Murfreesboro here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah uh, they lived in a community called Manny's Neck. <laughs> Isn't that a huh. fun name? <laughs> yeah, I googled Manny's Neck the other day to see what the first thing that came up, and it was a trailer park. Uh-huh. So <laughs> it wasn't too exciting. So <laughs> times have changed in Manny's Neck. <laughs> I guess so. It, it is. It you know, learning about history and you know these different names and everything that are so important, I guess, to these areas such as Murfreesboro, Tennessee, Murfreesboro, North Carolina. It's wild to look back just to try to understand these different families that were part of the history. Um, Because sometimes, you know, there's, I guess, negative stories looking back in history, Mm -hmm. things that sound really bad today, but Mm -hmm. it's part of history. Uh, But that's what makes it it so fascinating. And I think it's it's very educational as well. and speaking of education, do you still have school groups coming to Oakland's mansion, or has COVID kind of changed all that? We don't have any right now. Um, we've had several groups that have reached out to talk about tentative plans, but yeah, certainly coronavirus has taken the, all the group tours, not just educational tours. Hey, I, I wonder when they're going to get back to just a regular thing where they can do, you know, tours of different places again in history because I, I think that really helps out the kids like when you had children coming in with school groups what types of questions would they ask because i'm sure some of them have never been in a house that size. oh man we used to get all kind of wild things some people uh some of the children would ask um if that if that was my house did you say yeah Heck no yeah, man no and, and then they would ask that um that i must be very old to live in a house like that um and you know you you get it's always fun to see the, um, the mansion through the eyes of a child because it's uh, something else. Well, teachers, parents, educators always want children to learn about times before, mm-hmm. uh, before electricity, before all the modern conveniences. And, of course, that's something that a lot of historic sites um, add to that fabric of teaching children uh, about the, not, uh, the good and the bad part of the past. And mm-hmm. that's something that's part of our challenge is to um, not tell people how that they should feel about the past, but the facts as we know them how do kids take in when you say well this family owned this many people i mean how do they take that in and comprehend it do they even understand it because i I don't know how much is being talked about in school history whenever they look at history classes and are they educating the students on the extent of slave trade and how it also came to murfreesboro and i have had um uh, a young african-american girl ask one time um did they pay the slaves? And I said, no, they did not. And she says, well, that's that's odd. How did they get them to work? <laughs> and so there was a, um, a quick discussion at the end of her tour as they were headed out the door about 
kind of that punishment and that um, hierarchy, if you can even say that, to a young lady. And I don't think it all soaked, soaked in, um, but that is, you can tell the gears are turning on some of the younger kids. And then you have high school kids that are fully aware um, of what those kind of atrocities happen, even in places like Murfreesboro. And yeah. the gears are turning on the adults too, mm -hmm. because it's really more the adults that uh, question you or challenge you. I mean, we'll say enslaved individual, and someone will look at me and say, "No, they were not slaves; they were servants." Mm. I'll say, "No, man, they were not <laughs> servants; they were slaves." Um, and a man just a couple weeks ago uh, asked me, "What what is the difference?" He saw that on some of our signage around the house. What's the difference between an enslaved person and a domestic servant? And you know what's wild is there is a huge difference between slavery uh, servant indentured servant mm -hmm. i mean there's all these different words just depending on what era of history you're talking mm -hmm. about but there are huge differences in all of this stuff and i think it's hard for some people especially teenagers to really comprehend history mm -hmm. especially when you look at the in-depth history of how people actually own people i mean mm -hmm. it's it's something that is sad to think about these mm -hmm. days, but it, it, it is indeed part of history. Yeah, and it's it's very hard to wrap your mind around that, uh, particularly as we sit here talking about it, three white men um, <laughs> are gonna have a different insight uh, and obviously a quite different experience. Um, my friend Mary Watkins, who is the president of the African American Heritage Society of Rutherford County, she and I were at Evergreen Cemetery a couple weeks ago. We're uh, getting ready to um, place a memorial for the enslaved Africans that are buried there. Uh, and she was talking about all the different things that she's been called through the years. You know, she said, I've been black, I've been Negro, I've been African-American, um, and so society changes uh, what it is that you're to call an individual, and that's just one very tiny insight of things that I certainly would never think of. Um, and so that's one of our challenges um, today is that we have not engaged the African-American community. People of color have not had a voice. Oakland's has been a museum for over 60 years. Um, we finally have our first African-American board member, Bobby Johnson, uh, and she is helping us create an advisory committee of people of color so that when we are talking about ways to better interpret the site and better present it to school groups or to uh, adult tourists, um, that we are using our resources and um, thoughts in a more, uh, a more wide pattern that's going to create a more uh, diverse or more engaging experience for a larger, more diverse audience. And we are beginning to see more people of color than we've ever seen at Oakland's. And I think that um, as society changes, that white people are beginning to realize that we have presented uh, a small portion of the story uh, and that people are interested and demanding to hear a larger, broader part of that story. And so we're, we're playing catch up. So a lot of the questions that you're answering, asking are, are good questions uh, and the questions that we're, we're learning as we go. Again, we're talking about Oakland's mansion this morning right here in Murfreesboro and James Manning with us today, along with Connor Moss. And, you know, I, I guess to me, it's all fascinating, but yet it's extremely sad when you really dive into the different issues that involved different families way back then. Um, our country is a fairly young country compared to some of the other countries like in Europe. Mm -hmm. um, so our history is... It wasn't that long ago. I, I mean, it really relatively wasn't. no, it yeah. wasn't. Yeah, uh, which is was is sad as well. Mm -hmm. But yet we've overcome so much over those years, which is the positive side of it. But how do 
what kind of questions, I guess, do people ask? Because you were saying one person said, well, no, they're servants. And you were saying, no, they were actually slaves. Mm-hmm. What, what types of other questions do you get involving Oakland's mansion when somebody is, I guess, caught off guard by a piece of history, you tell them? Well, I think that people are um, in some ways beginning to be anxious to have these type of conversations, and they seek them out. Uh, we were in the newspaper a few weeks ago on the front page of the DNJ about the uh, memorial marking that's planned for Section M, and a lady came in to see us, and she walked in the door, and she said, I saw the article in the paper, and I wanted to see where those people are buried. Um, and she thought that they were there at what is currently Oakland's, but it's across the street in what is now Evergreen Cemetery. And so we were talking about that, and she looked around the room to see if she thought that she and I were alone, and she said, I can't stand the thought of causing pain for individuals, but I don't like it when the, when the races mix. And I said, well, ma'am, it's not <laughs> my job to tell you how to feel, mm-hmm. but it is my job to present facts to you. Um, and I think that people are beginning to want to have that conversation more than they have in the past. And so when they see an organization like Oakland's that is attempting to have that conversation, that they seek us out. And it may not always be the things that we want to hear, um, but that's okay. That's why we're there. Um, We are hoping that this conversation will cause more descendants of the enslaved population to come forward uh, and say that they have resources that they're going to trust us with. Um, Some years ago, uh, an exhibit was put up in partnership with MTSU called Beyond the Plantation. And there was one descendant, Elma McKnight, Mrs. McKnight shared her family photographs with Oakland. She shared her family stories with Oakland. And if you uh, think that there, there were hundreds of enslaved individuals at Oakland, so that means there are thousands of descendants. Mm-hmm. Yet the only photographs that we're sharing come from one single individual, one person. So that means there are a lot more out there. People that don't know their descendants or that they do know their descendants and they don't trust us with that information because we haven't done what we should have done with that information in the years past. So I think as um, society sees us changing the way that we interpret the historic site once you're on site, the programs that we present to the public, um, the information that's on our website, that people will begin to trust us more to share that information. Um, We're in the beginning stages of planning a family reunion for 2022. And that came out of a couple of different discussions that we had with descendants of enslaved people. Um, one plan, when the Beyond the Plantation exhibit was first put up, um, one of the presidents of Oakland said that they hoped in the future to have a family reunion for black descendants and for white descendants. And this descendant said to me that she's not one or the other, that she's both. And Mm. that is the type of thing that you have to have voices from people of color or you don't make the right decisions. And because that that would have been a poor decision to make because we weren't listening to people of color. And now that directs us towards planning a family reunion for anybody that is a part of Oakland's, no matter how they're related or connected. By the way, our phone number is 615-893-1450. You can call in this morning, and I noticed we were getting a call while you were talking. Let's go ahead and take that call real quick. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning. How are you all doing? Good. Good morning. You all are talking about a a great subject today, and it it should be a wake-up call to guess. I guess I'm I'm trying to look at me and see what color am I. Hmm. Let me tell you something that, that really bothers me. 
when you start talking about race and you start talking about color. I watch a little box at the house called television, and it shows us around the world. What I look at is how, to me, I think it's messed up. It's how messed up Africa still seemed to be. And you know, that just puzzles me how, look, we are, whoa, God, if you got a problem with something like the racism, and you got a problem about this and that, you need to try living in Africa. I can't, I, man, it just bothers me. Have anybody, am I, do anybody out there hear me? Because what the television is showing us, those people seem like to me, they're living more worse now. Do, do anybody see this beside me? Uh, and then another thing, we are saved. We're God's country. We need to practice what we preach. Mm-hmm. Let's let's love mean caring for people. Mm-hmm. Amen. Somebody. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Practice practice what we preach. <laughs> if you don't like it here, try it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Well, thank thank you for calling this morning. Yes, sir. Thank you. Again, yes, our sir. number six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. You can call or text, and we have several text messages here. When you talk about history and when you take a look at history, some people have extremely strong opinions, and sometimes mm-hmm. I guess their opinion on whatever it is may, I don't know, may, may sway them in the wrong direction and not allow them to truly see whatever history it is that is being discussed. Um, and, and that's got to be tough to overcome sometimes because people may believe wholeheartedly one way, mm-hmm. but in reality, that may not be the way it happened. Uh, so how hard is it when you talk to somebody who just refuses to really understand or try to understand the history around Oakland's mansion? Well, I mean, we, I'm sure we both, we all have family that has that um, somewhat that, what I'll call an old-fashioned ideology. Um, and it's so ingrained in people's brains and in people's lifestyle, especially here in the South, um, that there's an idea of kind of seeing the past through some rose-colored glass that doesn't truly exist to kind of soften the idea of what happened. Um, And, you know, this Civil Rights Act wasn't even signed until the 1960s. That was 100 years after the Civil War. So here we are in 2021, and we're still having these conversations. So I think that goes to show you that some of those really entrenched ideas are they're hard to come off of for some people because it's been so long. You know, a lot of those old-fashioned ideas include not talking about things that are painful Mm -hmm. or difficult. Um, Just don't bring it up. And that's painful for people as well to gloss over um, the experiences that were not positive. You know, you you can't really soften history. I mean, if you want to get the accurate information out, you just have to get Mm -hmm. it out. And and Mm -hmm. I think that is equally hard for people to do as well because in this day and time everybody is so worried about offending the next person but if you're going to look at history there's only one way to do it and that is to really truly look at the facts within history and just tell the facts of history exactly um but that's got to be it's got to be awkward at times it's a delicate dance sometimes but you can't i think and james would probably say the same thing we work in a place that is still standing that is a prime example of literally white supremacy so we have an obligation to not just focus on the stuff the wealthy white folks had it's also to tell the story of 
who built that on the backs and on the with the blood and sweat of who built that and that was the enslaved population there for a long time you know and that's we, we that has been glossed over for a long time People aren't ready for the answer when they ask us who built it. <clears throat> they expect mm -hmm. us to say, Dr. Manny built it. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. He was out there brick by brick just building that house right by himself. Mm. And it couldn't be further from the truth. Right. You, right. you know, so it, it's there is a whole lot of history around Oakland's mansion. And the good thing about getting that history information out there is that it's not just Oakland's mansion. I mean, it is mansion after mansion in the South. It uh -huh. is plantation after plantation i mean it's a similar story all over the south mm -hmm. with different locations yeah much of our infrastructure not just buildings were mm -hmm. built by enslaved people certainly mm -hmm. and they left literally their their handprints in the, the buildings that they built and sometimes that's all that we have of a record of their existence i i can't imagine being that slave i mean that life had no, to have been so tough no, we have no concept mm -hmm. but i mean there's a lot of good first-hand documentation um of people who had been slaves who were interviewed and again these were very elderly individuals but they were interviewed in the uh, late 1920s 1930s um and gave very vivid descriptions of what it was like to be a slave in the south and so that kind of information is invaluable um, to hear firsthand what that was like uh, and those who were able to read or write may have even uh, documented their time uh, even closer to the period of slavery but you read some of those interviews from the 1930s they're very very interesting let's take another phone call real quick good morning you're on wgns thanks for holding morning uh i was born raised here but i moved off and uh Back a long time ago in Murfreesboro, they wouldn't, uh, and they'd done the black people wrong. They wouldn't let them come up on the square, but their times are coming. And then uh, another thing, the uh, Ku Klux Klan walked around Murfreesboro. I was born out there on Flat Rock Road in Halls Hill Pike. And that's, you know, it's a, it's a mess. But uh, payday's after a while for them. Mm hmm. Well, thank you for calling and this morning. They get their check and everything, but the, the paydays after a while for those people. Well, thank you for calling this morning. Our number here at the station, 615-893-1450. Again, talking about Oakland's mansion this morning, right here in Murfreesboro. For those who don't know, where is Oakland's mansion? Give us, a, I don't know, some geographical things to look for in order to get to it. Uh, from the Murfreesboro Square, you head towards MTSU and make a third left, I believe, on Manny Avenue. And that was the driveway to Oakland's historically. Um, and it ends, dead ends at Oakland's now, and Highland Avenue runs parallel to it right beside us. A lot of people drive down Highland and see the sign for Oakland's Park, and they turn there and then find Oakland's Mansion along the way. So do we know for sure that that driveway went all the way to East Main? I mean, is that... Was that the original it length went, of the driveway? It didn't quite go to Main Street. It uh, just two blocks shy of Main Street to Lytle. The road makes a little bit of a shift right there, and that was the end of the driveway historically. So that house would have been considered downtown Murphy's, bro, but yet all of that land that was all around it. So well, I, what, I don't know what year the courthouse was built right off the bat, but uh, was that built before Oakland's mansion, or was that built after? Right. So the courthouse is 1859. And Oakland started right about 1820, 
and the last addition to the mansion was roughly 1859, 1860. So it was there, I guess, right at the time, well, they added on to Oakland's mm-hmm. mansion when they built the downtown courthouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. and you know, people who lived in Oakland's, even the Mannies and the Darrow family, considered themselves in the country. Huh. Uh, so a lot, like the Darrow family moved from Oakland's mansion uh, to Main Street to get out of the country. <laughs> So it shows you how small Murfreesboro was. And that, that's such a short distance, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally walking distance. Mm-hmm. Literally, sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oakland's Mansion, again, right here in Murfreesboro. We're going to take a break, and we will be back in just a minute. Time right now, 848 on this Monday morning. Stay with us. More news, more information, and more about Oakland's Mansion next. As cold and flu season approaches, one of the best things that you can do to give somebody who is sick is a quart of Demas' chicken and rice soup. This is Peter Demas with Demas Family of Restaurants. This soup is my grandmother's recipe, and we have used this soup in order to help our family whenever we are sick. Just gives us a good comfort feeling. One of the things that you can also do is you can now ship that soup anywhere across the United States, and you can order that soup online at demasfamilykitchen.com. You can make a meaningful difference in 2021. KidLink Community Services is currently seeking foster parents in your area. KidLink provides free training and certification. Contact KidLink today at 877-714-1313 or KidLinkServices.com. Family Staffing Solutions is proud of our local veterans. I'm Becky Bookner, and as life challenges appear, talk with Family Staffing Solutions about how we can help you stay at home. Call Family Staffing Solutions. Family Staffing Solutions. Honoring and remembering those who served in our military, here is today's Salute to Veterans. True American hero, Norm Elzier. In this salute, we talk to a World War II veteran. Your basic training. What was that time period? Took quite a while, because after we went to the classroom study, then we had to go up to Apalachicola, Florida, where we took aerial gunnery training, and we flew in 86s with a 30 caliber machine gun and shooting at that target. The bullets were painted colors and they could tell who shot what. From there, they sent us off to a mechanic school in Shepherdfield, Texas. From there, they sent us to a gunnery school again. It was strictly shooting a 50 caliber at a moving target way down range. From there, we went to California where we joined our bomber crew. Well, Norm, when you shipped out What was that like? It wasn't too good. The planes, they were all brand new planes, and they were supposed to fly over to Italy. The trouble was the ground officers decided they were going to fly too. So out of the six gunners, two of us had to go by boat, and we drew straws. And I was fortunate enough (laughs) to to draw one of the boat straws. took nine days to go across the Atlantic, and it was storm almost all the time. In fact, I came off the boat in a stretcher because I was standing watch on deck uh, three times a day, and and I got sick. Norm Elzier. This has been a Salute to Veterans on WGNS Radio. Have you experienced the nightmare of water, mold, or fire damage? Call Restoration One for a free estimate. Locally and veteran-owned. Fast and available 24-7. Join the Home Health VIP program at Restoration One for disaster prevention. Restoration One, the water damage experts. Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system, reducing microorganisms including bacteria, viruses, and allergens. Call Precision Air, 615-930-0088. That's 615-930-0088. Old friends, new name, better together, as First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. 
We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County, but we'll always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. The Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. We're Rutherford County's place to talk. Time right now, 8.52, you're tuned in to WGNS, and this morning we're talking about Oakland's mansion, and I know we only have a few minutes left, but with us this morning, James Manning and also Connor Moss, and uh, like I said, we only have a few minutes left, so as we kind of come to a close this morning, one person asked on text message, tell us a little bit about the slave history studies being done right now at Oakland's. So what are the different studies being done currently? Uh, we've recently released a project called The Untold Story of the Manny Family Slaves. If you'll go to oaklandsmansion.org backslash slavery, you'll find a page there that'll give you information about that project. You can read a lot of the narratives. You can watch some of the videos. Um, you can also go to our Evergreen Cemetery Memorial Project. But The Untold Stories was authored by Audrey Creel an employee of Oakland's and an honor student at MTSU. And she researched African-Americans in Murfreesboro with the last name Manny and came up with a list of individuals who were likely enslaved by the Manny family. Um, their narratives is primarily uh, compiled from documentation that she found in public resources like the um, census records primarily. Um, so a lot of the personal information is still missing. Uh, these are more hard facts, and that's why we're hoping to reach more descendants that'll have information about these individuals who are descendants of the Manny family slaves. Of course, there would have been other individuals enslaved that had other last names other than Manny, um, but this project focuses around people that are almost certainly enslaved by the Manny family, and hopefully we can enlarge that, and that um, is a primary goal of our um, advisory committee and our work in the community to try to raise uh, awareness of the enslaved people and how little we actually know about them. Um, the Evergreen Cemetery was originally Oakland Cemetery. It was created in 1872 when Dr. Manny sold 20 acres surrounding the burial ground for their enslaved people. So that portion of the cemetery, Section M, became the African-American section, uh, and there's no monument or marker uh, there for the enslaved people. And so with the uh, partnership with the African-American Heritage Society of Rutherford County, uh, we've raised the money to um, build a memorial there, and that will begin soon. Uh, we'll make uh, a public announcement of that and invite anybody that wants to participate to uh, to join us. And if you have any other information or um, anything else to share, you can reach out to either organization, the African-American Heritage Society of Rutherford County, or to Oakland's Mansion, either one. Again, we're talking about Oakland's Mansion this morning, and during that last break, we kind of went over some of the text message questions, and I think we answered all of those mm -hmm. in the first half of the show. The only one that I guess we didn't really answer uh, was uh, the person who asked, I've heard the plantation went all the way out to Oakland High School. Is that true? Wouldn't surprise me, but I mean, because the, the Manny's owned a bunch of, and as I think James said, a bunch, a lot of tracts of land that weren't contiguous. They didn't touch each other. So the Manny's could have owned land out there uh, quite easily. Um, who knows? 
They own a lot of land. <laughs> yeah, they sure did. So any uh, programs coming up that you want to highlight at Oakland's Mansion that are uh, you know near? Uh, our next one coming up is um, called Arboretum. It's a highlight of our uh, native tree arboretum that has been uh, in the works. We've, I mean, people have been working on that for 10 years, and we have recently certified it um, to level two. And I don't know if, just to clarify what an arboretum is, um, it's a place where there are trees native to the area. Um, we have 72 of them that are labeled with their common and then their uh, botanical name and information about those trees. And to be a certified arboretum, those trees have to be maintained, healthy, mulched. Um, and we have some very beautiful trees, uh, several historic trees. Um, so to highlight that arboretum and certification, we'll be having an event on uh, October 30th. Excuse me, October. What year is it? <laughs> April 30th uh, on Arbor Day. And uh, we'll be giving a tour of the arboretum. Um, and there'll be beer uh, pairings with each tree. Um, so you'll get to learn about some of our uh, more historic trees, um, have some uh, samples of beer provided by Liquid Smoke uh, right here on the square in Murfreesboro. Um, and you can sign up or buy tickets on our website, oaklandsmansion.org. And, and how many trees have you got there? 72. So, well, we've got so well over get, 70, but 72 are labeled. So by the time you get to the 70th tree. <laughs> <laughs> Good news, we're only doing four or five trees. <laughs> so, But again, all of that, Oakland's Mansion, and I guess folks can learn more about it on the Oakland's Mansion website. Yeah, you or can. give us a call, 615-893-0022. And you can buy tickets there. And uh, when you get through with your Arboretum tour, we'll invite you to the mansion. The mansion will be open for tours. Mm -hmm. And then the pati on the patio out back, we'll have the Home Sweet Home Band. And they are an Americana string band that you may have heard. They played at a couple events at Oakland's before, and they're very popular. Um, that's Rob Piercy, Daniel Rothwell, Elaine Winters, and Amanda Shields. And we will also be having That's My Dog Food Truck, so you can buy a hot dog, a gourmet dog, to pair with your beer and sit down on the back patio and listen to some great music. Uh, and what's the cost on that, Connor? $50? $50 a person, and that goes to um, helping the mansion stay open. Um, and I think the band itself are out back. I love the Home Sweet Home Band. They've played at several of our events, and really, they're a nice little something to listen to and have a sip of beer. We also have uh, tours coming up of Evergreen Cemetery mm -hmm. across the street on April 23rd and 24th. Our curator, John Lamb, will be leading guided tours of select graves and Evergreen Cemetery. We'll offer those again throughout the year, but this is our first one in several years that we've offered. So again, April 23rd or April 24th, that's a Friday and Saturday, both at 7 o'clock. And it's a maximum of 20 each, so we're only selling 40 tickets. Uh, and you can get those online at oaklandsmansion.org. So a lot going on with Oakland's Mansion this month. You know, inside the mansion itself, have you ever had adults or kids go around those little boundary markers inside <laughs> the house and sit down or make themselves at home or oh, yeah. anything weird like that? Oh, yeah. They, people, you know, they go to a house and people often, my favorite is people say, where is the museum? And I guess, you know, they don't think about the house itself is the museum. And so people see a chair or um, a piano. And, you know, the piano is so tempting for people. They just ha just have to strike a key. Uh, and our piano downstairs is, what, an 1830 chickering? Mm -hmm. And it sounds every bit of 1830. It's not a good sound. But, you know, yes, some people do make themselves at home. But um, 
they don't usually break anything or steal anything. So I think it's punishment because when I was a, a kindergarten, my grandparents took me to the Hermitage, and they said, "Don't touch the original handwriting. Touch this metal one that we have for you." So I touched the original one. <laughs> yeah. And then we went into his bedroom, and I reached around the plexiglass and touched the wallpaper. You put a real effort in there. Uh-huh. So yeah, That's it's impressive. My, and now he's the director of a museum. Yeah. <laughs> so you get what you give. We are already out of time. Again, Oakland's Mansion, and folks can learn more online. Again, give us that website. Oakland'sMansion.org. Sounds good. Well, thank you both for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Again, with us this morning, James Manning and all... I almost said Manny. I know. (laughs) James Manning (laughs) and also Connor Moss. Again, we've been talking about Oakland's Mansion. You're tuned to WGNS Murfreesboro and Local News Now. Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center.